Vogelsang Pest Management has programs for everyone's budget. Call us at 314-601-1789. Vogelsang Pest Management, serving your family like you're our family. Westplex 107.1, it is BS in the morning. Shelly, are you there? <laughs> you know I'm here. Shelly, are you there? Yes, I was actually welcoming everybody, but my microphone wasn't turned on yet. Are you there, Shelly? Well, why didn't you turn your microphone on? You know where the switch is. Yeah, it's where you're at, and you always tell me not to touch anything. We're in the same room. Again, we've, I ask you what our, that button we've got our six is foot for, and you're like, don't touch that. We've got our six-foot distancing that we have. Yes, we do. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Uh, forecast for today, we're going to have that in just a minute from Jennifer... Wojcicki. All I can tell you is that it gets weirder every day. Um, it's going to be hot today. I mean, for this time of the year. Today's April 7th, so we are just like, you know, first week of April, 80 degrees. I'll just give you a hint on that. Um, lots of stuff going on in the news this morning. Um, you know, crazy weird stuff again. Uh, by the way, why are we here? We are here to uh, A, inform you, B, try to make you smile a little bit more. Uh, probably, maybe, sometimes in that order, sometimes the reverse order is goofy stuff. Shelly says goofy things. I uh, really do. You know, off the wall kind of things. Uh, I you totally know, do. And uh, we've got her uh, saying things like, um, well, you know, like, 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 like this. What does the fox say? That's what she does. So anyway, um, what was I going to say? I don't know. Oh, oh boy. All sorts of stuff with the, uh, with the, uh, uh, if you know, if you're into these things with voting and all the crazy stuff, uh, wow, a Supreme Court decision for Wisconsin. Do you know about this? No. What is going on with Wisconsin? Wisconsin presidential primary is today, and the governor of Wisconsin essentially said, uh, you know, in these trying times uh, or in these uh, challenging times, you know, everybody has to start out with that. Uh, But Mm -hmm. essentially he was going to say, hey, you know what, we're going to accept absentee ballots for like the next week or something like that. I can't remember what time period was, but essentially, you know, usually when the date of the election when the polls close, zoom, that's it. Everything's supposed to, you know, people are supposed to have voted and, uh, you know, all the uh, absentee uh, votes that should have been in. And the Supreme Court essentially said, nope, you can't extend that. So when the polls close, that's it. Absentee ballots aren't in by that's, you know, by the time the polls closed, that's tough luck. Now, when you think about that, you know, in most states, and I think it is in Missouri, absentee ballot, you got to get, you know, you can't call the day of the election and say, hey, can I get an absentee ballot? You got to do that ahead of time because you know you're going to be out of the country or, you know, right now, I don't think there's too many excuses for people being out of the country. You know, I think, uh, as a matter of fact, there was something I read the other day that the uh, State Department said that they've retrieved like 45,000 Americans from foreign countries that they had to like send military planes or special charters and things like that to get people home because... You can't fly into the country anymore. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't. The international flights are are, are pretty much gone. You can't. You can't. You know, be in London and say, "Hey, I'm going to fly to New York." Uh, so they had to arrange special things. Anyway, that's the deal. Supreme Court five to four decision, um, and um, you know, so sort of interesting as far as that's concerned. If you're a government watcher, because there is going to be you watch. This is going to be an interesting year because. Yesterday, or was it last week, Joe Biden hinted that the Democratic Convention could be virtual. The NFL, the NFL. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what he said. The NFL draft is going to be held that way, which is always like a big deal when they draft the, the college players. The NFL draft is going to be virtual. 
So I guess everybody's going to be sitting around their house in their underwear, you know, all the different, uh, you know, uh, uh, managers, general managers and uh, and um, uh, coaches of all the different teams uh, sitting around in their underwear. Hey, we're going to take Joe Smith from Oklahoma, that kind of stuff. So, God, this is so strange. You know what I mean? Every day it's weird, weird stuff. Every day is different and it's. You feel differently. Shelly and I are also doing afternoons now. We're doing an extra hour we in the are. morning uh, till 9 o'clock, and then we do 4 to 6 in the afternoon. And yesterday, nasty bad news out of St. Charles County, uh, Center yeah. Point Hospital. Um, still, I'm trying to decipher some of the things. I've read a couple different statistics on that, that uh, there were 15. I, uh, one report said 15. One report said there were 18 people tested positive. And the majority of those, I think at Centerpoint, were staff, not necessarily uh, the workers. And then a really uh, outbreak at the, what was it, the, the uh, I got it right here on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember. Let's see if I can look at Frontier? I, yes, Frontier Health and Rehabilitation on West Clay. That is on the north side of 70, uh, east of Zumble. Uh, they had a tremendous breakout there where, uh, according to uh, the report we had yesterday, 35 people tested positive in one place. So, oof, boy, St. Charles County. But still, if you hear the Missouri numbers, which are good, it's a fraction of the Illinois numbers. You know, the Illinois numbers are in the 10,000s now. I think Missouri is like in around 3,000 the entire state. So, anyway, we'll keep you up to date on that kind of stuff. Uh, tell you what's going on, uh, various things like that. Uh, no guests today? I don't think we have any guests today. That's not true. We, we have do a, have a guest. Who's our guest today? And I am going to get that... <laughs> You don't have it on the top of your head. Well, I tell you what. Here, you figured out. We're gonna go. Into, we're gonna break uh, for uh, uh, you know weather spots, things like that. And we will be back. It's BS in the morning at six thirty-seven. Westplex one zero seven one. We're the new station for the Westplex. You know, O'Fallon, St. Charles, St. Peter's, Wentzville, Lake St. Louis, Weldon Spring, and Darden Prairie. The Westplex. Westplex 1071. Tornadoes can destroy buildings, flip cars, and create deadly flying debris. Hi, this is Wentzville. Are you talking Ooh. to yourself again? Yes, I am because you didn't turn up my microphone again, and I you wouldn't let me touch it. You see, there's a there's a a trend. Maybe I wouldn't turn on your microphone. Yes, I do <laughs> see. There's a trend, actually. How much dead air was there? That was about sixty seconds. Oh man, I had a problem. I had to go fix something. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Well, anyway, what I was saying is we are BS in the morning. I am Shelly, he is Brad, that makes up BS, and we are here to put you in the proper mood for the day, given the circumstances, and you can listen to us, well, you can listen to us on the air at Westplex 107.1, you can also uh, podcast us, if you weren't able to listen to the show, you can code to bradbs.com, that'll take you directly to our podcast. Or you can stream us at bsinthemorning.show. Did I miss anything? No, you're doing such a good job. I'm just going to take the rest of the morning off. You can just handle the whole thing. No? But I need you to, to <sighs> fix the board. Oh, well, I'll just put it on remote. Here, let me flip this. Here's, here's the thing. I'm the co-host. You're the host. You have to be here. No, no. you're. Hey, you know, my motto, whatever man can do, woman can do better. That's what I. That's how I feel. And people, whenever you I say that, people that go like, over the years that I've known you, people go like, you know, especially women, you don't believe that. I go, I do. I really do believe that. You know, I think that women are much more capable than men. I know that men don't do death well, 
nor do they do sickness well. No, I, well, there are a lot of things. Most things they don't do well. You know, I mean, they're, they're terrible. Like, you know, like me. Like they can't spell. Yeah, but who needs to spell anymore? You got spell check. You know, it's like. It's like my a, spell check is wrong half the time. No, 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 no. You, you don't need. It's s- like my GPS. My GPS, my maps, and yeah, my phone. Right. That little stinker took me to. I was going out to someplace. I can't remember where, but it took me like the wrong direction. And then my um, screen went dark, and so I couldn't see anything. I was like helpless. Well, it's not as bad as me. Like not this, not this past year, but two years ago, when I was in a, when I was in Las Vegas, I wanted to go to. I had a little time to kill at the convention, so I had a rental car. So I wanted to go to In and Out, you know, which is like the big burger chain on the West Coast, which is really good. French fries are really good because they don't. I think I've actually tried that. Oh, they don't. They they make the French fries in the store. It's like the old days of McDonald's where they actually take oh, the, the yeah, potatoes they and they use, chop them up, and that, you, you know. know and, once yeah. they changed their oil, no, it wasn't the oil. Donald's fries were weren't the same. They used to use they used to use fresh potatoes. That's what that was the deal. They chopped them up. They had a machine right there in the store that made the French fries, and um, you know, and then they went to frozen French fries. Anyway, um, I'm using my uh, Google GPS, and three times it took me these crazy ways. The worst one was it took me on the campus of UNLV, you know, University of Nevada at Las Vegas. And it showed me, it showed that I needed to go on this street, which was a pedestrian walkway, you know, through the middle of campus that had like those bollards on each end of it, you know, where you're not supposed to put vehicles on. I'm going like, I'm looking and going like, no, hold on a minute now. What is this? And sure enough, that's where it showed me. And it was crazy. And I'm thinking to myself, man, normally I have good luck with Google Maps, but man, not in Las Vegas. And finally, I just said, okay. I'm I'm getting spoiled by by you know GPS and Google Maps. I have this crazy weird thing with me in Las Vegas, and I can get out of the airport. You do have a uh, a strange bond with that. Well, no, no, I can get out of the airport in Las Vegas. I can get a rental car. And I can drive around like a local. I mean, I know where I'm at, and it's weird. I mean, you know, I don't Uber. spend no, I don't spend that much time in Las Vegas. It's not you know, I haven't been there and. I was there last year, won't be there this year because they canceled our convention, which was going to be next week or the week after. But right. uh, I can get out of the airport. I mean, years ago, when my, my oldest son was young and he went with me one year for the convention, uh, I got out of the airport, got a rental car, and man, driving here, driving there. Matter of fact, it was funny because he didn't believe me that there were slot machines like in everywhere. And I told him, I said, well, there's, there's the 7-Eleven right off the strip. Uh, that, uh, you know, you go there at uh, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, there's people inside the 7-Eleven playing slot machines. And he's going like, yeah, Dad, right. So we get the rental car. I get out of the, uh, you know, out of the rental car garage, uh, drive, 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 you know, like drive like I'm a local, and drove right up to the 7-Eleven. And first off, he goes, how did you know where you're going? <laughs> I go, I don't know. It's just weird thing I have with Las Vegas. And so we go in the 7-Eleven, and sure enough, there's like six slot machines. It's, there's like, like, it was like 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning. No, it, was, it wasn't a Saturday morning. Uh, no, it was a Sunday morning. Yeah, it was like 9 o'clock on a Sunday. 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning, we go to 7-Eleven, and there's people in there playing the slot machines. You know, And, it's, and he was like, Oh, I don't believe it. You know, he was just like dumbstruck by the whole thing. But uh, you know, that's my that's my weird knack. So finally, I you know, the last time I was there two years ago, I just said screw this, and I just started driving and going, okay, I know where I'm at right now, and cross over to the other side of I-15. Uh, bank, there's the uh, in and out. Boom, I'm in, I'm out. It was good. 
Do you want to hear something cute? Uh, puppies? They are kind of cute. I'm not going to lie. My puppies are a constant source of entertainment. Even though the one is still learning to be housebroken and the other one wants to eat my face. But that's a whole other story. Okay, so tell me something cute. Uh, SLU has opened the campus housing to healthcare workers who need coronavirus isolation. Well, there's no students there, you know, and still, I, the question I have asked, and I even have people that I know that work at the various school districts, what's happening with the seniors this year? If you're a high school senior or a college senior, if you're a college senior and, you know, some of these people already have jobs lined up. I know a lot of people say, you know, that's my Tiffany. Well, but what, what's she doing? I mean, what's, well, here, let's talk about the next hour. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll carry that over next hour because I have yet to get a definitive answer from anybody. I mean, anybody I ask, well, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? So, you know, and some school districts have already said they're not going back. They're done. Other ones started, uh, I think Illinois started this thing yesterday where they started official telelearning yesterday, uh, which is mandatory across the state. That's in Illinois. I have no idea what Missouri's doing, if there's any kind of a statewide initiative or anything like that. But, you know, maybe we can make some phone calls and find out. You know, I mean, you know what, though? You know why I can't find any educators? Because they're practicing their retirement? No, they're already on vacation. You know, they're you know, they decide, hey, you know, June's come early this year. This is not a vacation <laughs> for them. Six fifty six. Westplex one oh seven point one. Did you listen to the lyrics of that song, Shelley? I don't. I just like the sound that it makes and how it makes me feel after it's over. <laughs> What? Wow. Uh, if you listen to the lyrics of that song, that song may be the theme song for this whole situation. A hundred bad days leads to a hundred good stories. And so far, how you many... You know, that's how many, actually probably really true, Brad. How many bad Thank days have we that. had? Oh, man. Crazy stuff. Okay, we're talking about this last hour. Your daughter is in nursing school right now, and she's supposed Correct. to graduate. Have they told her what's happening? If they have, she hasn't told me, but... But she's, that's okay. But she's, she's not actually working. You know, she's a she's a paramedic at one of the hospitals, and so she's a frontline worker. But she's not going to school though, right? No, she's going to school. They're not physically meeting; they're virtually meeting. Right. And but um, doesn't she, she have took clinicals? Her last doesn't she online? Have cl- doesn't she have clinicals and things like that? Yeah, she took her last online clinical last week how, how do you take your clinicals online i thought you had to be like you know like in a room showing people what you're doing and things like that you it's know, like, like a zoom call so i mean don't they have like dummies that they practice on and stuff like that not at their homes no i, I know that that's what i'm saying how can you do that virtually i mean i thought that like nursing schools you know maybe i'm maybe i'm you know <laughs> mentally ill maybe well maybe that's not maybe that's it i am but i i I could have sworn somebody was telling me about nursing school and you have all this hands-on stuff and you you know and you practice sticking people with ivs and stuff like that i mean how do you do that virtually well that's hard to do and she works so she works in the field she's a paramedic Right. So she knows the clinical stuff she doesn't have a problem with. But once again, you have no idea. And well, she has not told you. She might have an idea. The school, as far as you know, the school has not said to her nor you, hey, this is the deal. We go with graduation just as normal. 
Correct. They haven't said that. Okay. And because she actually graduates in April. Right. Which, well, this is April. <laughs> I understand that, but she walks in May. Yeah, well, I, but once again, is, is is from what you understand, and are they going to walk? I mean, is there going to be like a graduation ceremony? I don't know the answer to that question. What I do you know, know, you know is that you she's know why contemplating... We, um, you know, in New York, they're they're giving ten thousand dollar bonuses for nurses and doctors to come to New York. Yeah, but she has to get her certification first because that's the deal. You have to have they're, your license. They're they're relinquishing that, and she can be a G G R N. What's a G R N? A graduate registered nurse. What does that mean? And she can go down there whoa, as a whoa, paramedic whoa, whoa. as oh, well. well. What is a G R N? What is a graduate registered nurse as opposed to a registered nurse? Meaning that they've graduated, they've completed the curriculum, but they haven't taken their NCLEX yet. Their what? It's it's like the SAT, or no, it's like the LSAT. Did you say they haven't taken their Netflix yet? Was that what you said? No, NCLEX. <laughs> oh, NCLEX. Oh, that's where they work with the chickens? Isn't that what that is, the NCLEX? That's exactly it. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> and I have to say something. I'm going I'm no, to boast say about my daughter. Oh, here we go. I have to. Well, then, then, she hey, sent me hold this it. letter. Now, hold it. Hold it. If you're going to do it, then I get to boast about my daughter, too. If it would touch her heart, absolutely. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Wait a minute. Let me think where I'm at. So she sent me this letter. I wish I could read the letter, but I won't. But she sent me this letter of a letter that her coworker sent to her and the hospital and there were five divisions or not groups that make up you know a call to action in the hospital and tiffany this girl feels that tiffany reaches and is personifies all of the five things and this letter was so beautiful and all true, and it's not because I'm prejudiced, it is all true, but that had to just sit there and touch that child's heart. It touched mine for her. So there really is some good coming out of this. We are really seeing the best of humanity and the worst of humanity kind of sprinkled in for a good measure, but we are seeing the best of humanity. Well, I, I will say, and there was something I was just reading this morning, uh, comments that were made uh, by Dr. Fauci uh, at the press conference yesterday, and I agree with him. I don't think everything's, I don't think everything's ever going to be normal again. I don't think that, that you know, the, the Cardinals are ever going to sell out a, a baseball game again. I, I disagree with that. Oh, I, I, I don't think, think they'll sell no. out the first day they're back. Oh, no, 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 no. There'll be people that are just like, no, no, not going outside my house. I mean, because this has instilled so much fear in so many people. I mean, the brave people, eh, you know, they're just going to move on down the road, you know? I mean, the people are just going to like, eh, no big deal, you know? Uh, but there's going to be so many people who are going to like, oh, my God, you know, because now, and, and once again, my industry, the press, the media is is already there. Well, it might come back next year, and, um, da -da, and, and, and it could be that it could be because of the fact that you trimmed your toenails that, you know, I mean, it's like, what in... You know, I mean, all this weird stuff that keeps coming out every day. And, and, you know, and I have to tell you, Trump is not 
at his best in some of these press conferences. Okay, people are going to go like, oh boy, not his best, he's the worst. But the press is just exacerbating the situation Absolutely. by all the stupid I mean, questions they ask him every single day. You know, and, and they the same questions like he's going to get a different answer. It's like it's like having questions from a 13 year old. And, and the problem is that I get it's like the deal with with the governor of New York. OK, I get it. And I get what Trump's doing. OK, you want to be in times of crisis. You want to be large and in charge. You know, you want to be there. You want to be, you know, and it gets to the point where there's only so many times you can say the same thing. I mean, to the point where you just keep repeating. And, and, and then it gets to the point where it just gets to be conjecture. And that's the thing, like when Dr. Fauci gets up, nothing, nothing against him. Dr. Burks, she gets up there. They're talking off the top of their head. You know, there's no research that says that this is the way it's going to be. Because you know what? If there were research, we wouldn't be where we're at right now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's all, it's every day's a new learning curve. And that's that's the important aspect of this. Every single day, you know, we learn something new. You know, something new comes out. Um, you know, and the, uh, the other thing is, the thing that, that and, and I'm going to ask you a weird question. Not that I'm a me- media conspiracy theory, stuff like that. I keep seeing these pictures of these makeshift hospitals they put together, like, you know, in various places and, you know, like on, on big convention center floors and things like that. And there's nobody there. And, you know, they talked about like the comfort, the ship that's in New York Harbor. Okay. It's, it's got a thousand, you know, can handle a thousand patients. There's 20 people there. Okay. And it's to the point where it's like, okay, if it's really that crazy bad, why aren't these places packed? You know, and I know people are going to say, I can't believe he's saying that. He's he's essentially saying it's all a, it's all. I think the numbers are still just way overblown, you know, and 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 the crazy thing is I heard somebody where was that last night? And I read this where they're talking about that. You will go back to the H1N1 virus in the United States. There were like eighty five thousand people that died in the United States. And, you know, we didn't have any quarantines and we didn't have any businesses shut down and stuff like that. And so far, what's the national number? 10, 11,000? And you know what? Yeah, to me, H1N1 was like a non-issue. Well, every one of those people. And it's because the media did not hype it up like they are doing COVID. Well, every one of those people that has died. I mean, I, and I don't want to say, well, there's only 10,000 people. And, you know, somebody's out there is going to say, well, one of them was my relative. One of them was my father, my mother, my sister, my brother, whatever. I mm-hmm. get it. You know, I get it, but yet when you're dealing in situations like this, it comes down to numbers and you're seeing trends and you're seeing, you know, things happen. I mean, you're seeing obviously the situation that we've had in St. Charles County where you have a hospital and a rehabilitation center where people are in close contact with each other, you know, and, and, you know, bang, it spreads, get it. I totally understand. But yet there's, there's, you know, people that, that, uh, um, you know, that have had, uh, you know, it, and they go like, uh, it was like, it was like a, you know, like a bad, 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 uh, bad, bad cold. dream. No, bad cold. It was like a bad cold. You know, I had some cough, you know, I didn't feel well, had a minor fever, you know, felt sort of draggy, eh, done with. And people go, yeah, but there are people that, do. I get it. Just like Boris Johnson, the president of, or the prime minister of England, still in ICU in England, you know, and I'm going like, man, don't know about that. You know, I mean, really? and. Oh, yeah. But but the situation is, is that 
Um, I heard a I heard a doctor the other day. Matter of fact, it was Doctor Oz, and here he was. I mean, in one respect, I heard him talking this. I go, man, here you go, and he's pimping his deal again. You know, his deal is you know his deal that brought him to to to, to prominence. His real that age was Oprah, right? No, well, no, no, no. The, oh, that was Doctor well, Phil. No, 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 no. Oprah bought brought him to prominence, but do you know why? Do you know why uh, uh, he she brought him to prominence? He he he, he cr- probably did something magnificent for her. No, he didn't. He wrote a book called uh, I think he co-wrote. I don't think he wrote it himself. Uh, called Real Age, and essentially he has this whole thing. He still does this called Real Age, and the idea being is you can have like two <laughs> two forty year old women. You can have two women side by side. One of them can be in perfect health. One of them mm-hmm. can be in you know. 50 pounds overweight, smokes, drinks, you know, takes meth, whatever. And the idea being is that the one 50-year-old woman is, you know, chronologically, or I said 40, one 40-year-old woman is chronologically 40, but yet physically she may be 25 or 30. And the other, Yeah, I'm not that girl. I'm actually more than my age. Well, the other woman would be 40 years old and, you know, uh, physically, yes. uh, you know, like health-wise, she may be 60. And yes. and what what he was talking about was how good a shape you're in right now. And he said that the people, for the most part, who are taking this virus badly and unfortunately some of them even dying are not in that good a shape. And you hear so many of the older people. That's the problem they're having in Italy because the population is much older. The average age in Italy is much older than in most places around the world, for that matter. And they're just having a terrible problem with that. And, and anyway, the point being is that that every day you see the press conference and, and you know, and then you get uh, B.J. Pritzker, who's, um, you know, he needs to lose some weight. Have I ever said that? I think he's overweight and needs to lose some weight. Would you leave that man alone? Because <laughs> I can't say anything because I've gained 15 pounds being stuck okay. in this house. If, and if he walked- my husband says that I'm messing with his chi okay if 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 jb pritzker walked into dr w's office you know who i'm talking about what's the first what's the first thing that would come off the doc out of dr w's mouth well it wouldn't be the first thing but it would eventually oh, oh, no, get no, down no. to you need to lose weight oh it would be the first thing because it you would know, not oh yeah not, it would be not with yeah. a new patient oh yeah it would because they weigh you they weigh you you know whenever you go to see dr w they always weigh you and he, he walked in and he looks at the chart and he says you put on some weight you know, with J.B. Pritzker, he goes, he'd say, like, you need to lose some weight. My, you know, I had that with my dad. I mean, my, my dad had, had uh, a type 2 uh, adult onset diabetes. So and, do I, and so and, does my husband. And, um, and my son. I, one time when, when I got, you know, after I'd lost all my weight, I got a little bit heavy again. And I remember my dad, I used to go over and cut his grass on Sundays. It's been my routine. Go over to my dad's house, my mom and dad's house. I'd cut the grass. And then, like, it was, like, football season. And after I got to I went and watched a little bit of uh, football with him. And my dad didn't talk much, as opposed to me. Uh, and my dad looked over me, at the, you know, like in a commercial break. And he looked over me and said, you're getting too heavy. Lose the goddamn weight. Excuse my French. And, and I went, whoa, where'd that come from? You know, I mean, it was like, and I looked at him and he says, he says, you don't want to end up like me, do you? I go, not the way your arm, you know, because ultimately uh, near the end of his life, he had to have his leg amputated because of his diabetes. And uh, man, that was a wake up call for me. You know, I mean, and once again, it was one of those things where, when, you know, my dad said that to him. He's like, whoa, you know, man, I need, man, I went and lost 25 pounds like in a month and a half, you know, right after that. I mean, literally that, that pushed me to the point where I'm going like, man, have to do something here. You know, and my dad's on my case about this. And he saw me when I got when I got really heavy. He was on my case all the time. 
you know, I mean, you know, everybody was. You know, when, when I weighed 310, oh, my God, you know. And so who was it that told you you needed to lose weight, your daddy or Dr. W? Both of them. Well, okay. So your dad probably did it because he felt it was his, his responsibility. And it's my responsibility to B.J. Pritzker that the dude you know, needs to lose some weight. You don't have a responsibility to that man. I do, because he's a fellow human being. If, if, okay. if, if I'm walking down the street... And I see some guy who's, you know, going to do bodily harm to himself. You know, I'm going to walk up to him and say, you know, I don't care what it is. Let's say the guy's, you know, I mean, let's say the guy's, you know, he's going to, you know, he's going to commit suicide, you know. And I speak from personal experience in that one because I, I, well, I won't tell that story. But anyway, um, you know, I don't care who it is. I'm going to intervene, you know. And that's just one of those things. It's yeah, just. But weight is something different. You don't go up to a, pos- a, a complete stranger and go, Hi, I'm Brad. BJ Pritzker. I was looking at you from across the room. No, 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 and no. And you no. really need to lose weight. Uh, no, I, hi, my name's Brad. I was looking at you from across the room. And did you fall from the sky? Did you fall from, from well, obviously you must have because you're an angel that fell from, from, from the sky. Yeah, is, is that's your, not the way that joke is, goes, is your, and that wouldn't be appropriate your dad, for the is your daddy, governor of Illinois. Is, it your, is your daddy a thief? Obviously he must be, because he stole the stars from the skies and put them in your eyes. Oh, thank you, Brad. <laughs> Look, it's 719. <laughs> Am I supposed to do something? <laughs> you are. You're supposed to call uh, Chief Chef Mike Johnson. What time? Sugar Fire. What time? Uh, seven. Oh, what, what? What do you mean? We've been talking all this time. We, I thought you. I know it's been lovely. Oh my god, you, I have enjoyed it thoroughly. You, whoa, whoa, whoa! You had somebody lined up for seven o'clock, and you didn't tell me. I did tell you, Brad. You didn't tell me the time. You told me what we had a guest. You didn't tell me. Oh my god, I feel okay. So um, do me a favor, contact him. We'll pick him up. Can we get him at seven thirty? Um, hold on. He just says, I've got a lot of calls this morning starting at 745. Will we be done with them by then? Yeah, we, we're, we're just, we'll just we'll do them at 730. I got I to I gotta get caught up here. Um, and, okay. Okay, so so we'll, we'll pick them up. Can you do 730? I'm asking them. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and take a break. It's a 720. Plex 107.1. It is BS in the morning. It is 6, excuse me, 731. I am Shelly. She is Brad. And on the phone with me, we have a special guest. It is Chief Mike Johnson, Chief uh, Chef Mike Johnson of Sugar Fire fame. Uh, morning to you. Hey, how's it going? Hey, you know what? Can I ask you a question right off the bat? Yeah. You know, I've been in a sort of crazy business for a long time. I've been, uh, you know, worked in police. I was police dispatcher, worked in the radio business. And, you know, sugar fire to me tastes as good as six o'clock at night as it does at six o'clock in the morning. When are you guys going to start breakfast? Uh, did you say breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I would do it if everybody's up to it. Uh, barbecue breakfast sounds crazy, but um, like I, I, I do a lot of work in Australia too, so I'm, I'm there several times a year. And there's a couple of barbecue restaurants there that crush it at breakfast, and so maybe we'll try it somewhere. Really, really? So, so there, there people eat bre- uh, barbecue for breakfast in Australia? Yeah. Oh, I'll see it all the time. Yeah, like a couple of spots there, and they, and they kill it. 
Well, you know, it's always crazy to me because, like I said, maybe because I've worked all sorts of different shifts, a pizza tastes as good at 6 o'clock in the morning it does at 6 o'clock at night to me. Matter of fact, sometimes better. And it always always bothers me. <laughs> well, like, if well, you, know, you know, I'm a fan. I've, fa- I've been doing that now, being stuck at home. Like, we'll get up. Like, we'll have, like, spaghetti and meatballs for breakfast because who, ca- who cares anymore? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, for real. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, we'll do whatever, whenever. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Now, now you are you are you're the head guy. You started this whole thing, right? Yeah. Yes, I hatched it out of my brain. Yeah, I guess ten years ago. You know, I. Fu- um, but I mean, but like, I mean, we have franchises, so, so I mean, like, there's probably seven hundred people that we work with now, and you know, all the franchisees, and they're all doing a lot of most of the work right now. I'm, you know, I own a lot some of the original stores and some other restaurants, but um, yeah. It, started it 10 years ago. Well, not, what, what, one of the original stores, was that the one down in Olive, just west of... Yeah, Olivet. Yeah, that's yeah. Olivet store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there many, many, many times. And that, that was the original yeah. store, correct? Yep. Yeah, I'll yep. be darned. I'll be darned. Uh, now, you've been in the restaurant business a long time? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I just turned 49, so I've been doing it since I was 16. So, I mean, that's a long time. Um, but mostly, I was mostly like a fine dining chef before Sugar Fire, so... I worked all over the world. I worked in France, L.A., like uh, New Orleans, Chicago. And then I owned, uh, you know, a bunch of restaurants around St. Louis in the late 90s and early 2000s. And then I switched over to barbecue. Now, I I heard a, a um, uh, was an out-of-town chef who was interviewed on a radio show, I guess about two or three months ago. And he said the hardest restaurants to run are barbecue. Is that right? Yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, if you're not doing volume, yes, it's impossible. If you're doing good volume, it's it's not not that hard. But everyone thinks it's so easy, you know. It, it probably is the hardest restaurant to run. Be, uh, number one, because everybody's an expert, first of all. So everybody that comes in thinks they know how to barbecue better than you, pretty much. <laughs> you know, because I've been having food in my backyard. I know what good barbecue is. and You know, I don't know. It's It's, it's hard and it's easy. Now I'm going to ask you a weird question about uh, and 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 uh, we'll talk about what's what are you guys doing with uh, with all the uh, you know the shutdowns and things like that. But uh, years and years and years ago, remember the old KC masterpiece? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, they had the location over there on Lindbergh South Olive. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Do you remember the crazy story about when they tried to get zoning for that? Do you remember this weird story? No, uh, okay. maybe I don't know. Okay, the the I guess that's Creve Core right there. That they uh, and that guy was that guy was out of Kansas City. He was a doctor or something. Like, wasn't it what he yeah, was? Yeah, a doctor. Yeah. Right. Okay, and he he applied to um, that used to be a really high end restaurant called Wade's Gathering Place or something like that. Anyway, yep. he applied to uh, for for a, uh, a, a permit to open his restaurant there in Creve Core. And the neighbors complained because they were afraid that they would smell the barbecue all all day. So the and, yeah. and this is a true story. I'm not making this up. A bunch of the city council people they chartered a bus and they drove to Kansas City and drove around his restaurants in Kansas City to smell how far the smell from his restaurants would permeate the rest the, the the neighborhood and then decided to give him a permit have you ever had that happen to you where somebody said to you hey we're uh, not no but like in our places um no but close like uh we've offered to fly in like i have, we have stores in colorado and uh out of state and uh we've offered to fly in landlords that have been um that have been wary about that like in downtown denver the guy that this, our first one was going to be in this big high rise downtown 
And the guy who owned the building said he didn't want uh, smoke, and we're like, well, it doesn't really smell if you put the right it in. And uh, we offered to fly him out. He didn't He didn't take us up on it. But, but did, did he let you build it then? Got... Did he let you build it? No. Oh, he shot you. No, he let another restaurant go in that went out of business for six months, so oh. it's his loss. He, <laughs> we, put, we, put a, we put one in a, in a different spot. It's doing great. I'll so, be darned. Whatever. Now, with, with what you're doing on right now, are all your stores open for, like, uh, takeout? And, uh... No, uh, we closed. Uh, Indianapolis was really slow. And uh, Cape Girardeau, we uh, closed temporarily. Um, but they're all open for carryout and curbside and delivery or whatever. Now, you started with the one there in Olivet. How many of them are there are now? Uh, 16. And then we got four under construction. We'll see how those are. We got Jacksonville, uh, Dallas, uh, one in... Um, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, that's working. Another one. So those were. All, I mean, I guess they're on hold now. But now you you're in an industry, sort of like our industry, the radio business. You work crazy hours. Um, you know, to a certain extent, there's sort of no days off. If if someone was going to say, hey, you know, uh, I'm a young guy. You know, like you said, you started 16. Would you tell them this is the business to go into? <laughs> no, I tell them go to law school. <laughs> It's just too hard to make money. Like, I mean, I do good now, but, I, dude, I'm old. You know, it's like, it's just too much hard work. And, you know, I, I have five kids, so, and I have kids that are in college now. And I, I was working so much, so many hours and so many nights. When they were kids, I missed a lot of their childhood. And it's not a lifestyle I'd recommend to anybody. Plus, it's dangerous, and it's fickle, you know. I don't know. I wouldn't get in the business, probably. I mean, I'm lucky. I, I'm, I'm very, I know how lucky I am. I do great. And it took a long time to get here, but um, if I was young, no, I, I would definitely would not do that. Interesting. So. Now, the, is the biggest location you have right now, is that the Wentzville location? That's the biggest one. Um, that, that's the largest location by far. Uh, I think it's about 6,000 square feet. Uh, most, most of our stores are around 3,000 square feet. And and some of them were smaller. The one there in Winghaven, that's, that's a pretty small one, isn't it? Yeah, that's about, I think, 2,200 square feet. Right, right. Um, but and yeah. and and you know, what's interesting is is that is that and, and I'm going to ask you a weird question. Okay, years ago, I'm I'm on I'm on a convention and I'm dry, I'm flying down to Orlando and I run into a, a buddy of mine on the plane. We get off the plane, we go to a local restaurant, and on the on the the uh, uh, menu is St. Louis style barbecue. And my yeah. the guy I was with, we both looked at the waitress and we said to her, "What is St. Louis style barbecue?" And we, you know, I know, she, I know. she didn't know we were from St. Louis. And she says, well, everybody in St. Louis eats it. And we said, well, yeah, we're both from St. Louis. Yeah. What is St. Louis? Is there a St. Louis style barbecue? Not, not really. Uh, there's Kansas City and there's Memphis and there's Texas and there's North Carolina. But St. Louis style like is really just a we're pool. We pull like our most people here cook baby max. So that's Memphis, really Memphis style. And we all really do our pork more of a um, Kansas City style, our pulled pork. And we actually do more of our um, uh, brisket, more of our beef, more of a Texas style. So really, St. Louis style is all whatever she's saying is BS. Because I remember when I was doing research to open Sugar Fire, I was in New York because there's actually some good barbecue in New York City. And um, and I went in this hipster spot, and they said they're going to introduce me to real St. Louis style barbecue. <laughs> and I had, and it was just so weird. It had nothing to do with anything. You know, St. Louis is really actually. Really, more St. Louis style is more like these kind of like more urban spots, like um, you know A and R and uh, Smoky O's does great St. Louis style barbecue, more of a saucy like pork steak kind of thing. You know that to me is more St. Louis style than this other stuff. Yeah. So, so would would you consider Sugar Fire to be St. Louis style barbecue? Have you sort of coined? Yeah, your own? I think now it is because I, I think now we've changed. 
you know, between Pappies and Bogarts and us and uh, Beast and uh, Salt and Smoke and some of these other guys, I think, you know, St. Louis is on the map nationally now. I mean, we win national, we all win national awards, we all win national contests. So now it's kind of, but I, I don't think 10 years ago, I don't think there was really a St. Louis style. Yeah, well, that, that was, like I said, it was sort of interesting to me because, when, cause, uh, you know, I've heard the Kansas City in the same bill. Hey, Chief, uh, uh, Chief Chef Mike Johnson, interesting guy, entrepreneur. I've read a lot about you in uh, uh, the trade publications. Uh, I've read a lot about you in St. Louis Business, uh, Business Journal, Post-Dispatch. Man, it's an honor to have you on the air. Uh, anything you want to promote as far as uh, your restaurants, uh, you know, what's going on in um, these crazy just, times? Just that we're, all, we're all open. We're all very safe and clean. It's like we haven't, we're not really laying people off or using these extra people to do deliveries and to, and to clean, like, nonstop, you know. So, uh, and, and, and some people have said, uh, you know, you're greedy, stay open. We're not staying open making money. We're actually losing our asses by staying open. You know, it's, it's more about our employees and, and the ones people that want to work and want to keep this going, you know, and support their families. It's not about us, you know, trying to print money. Because that, that that ain't happening. Well, see, and that's no. the interesting thing because because I've said that before, and I've had people sort of, well, that's not true. Most of the places, if your business model is people come in, they sit down, they eat the food, that's your business model. All of a sudden, if your business model is disrupted, you're in a totally different realm, and you're not doing the volume you did once upon a time. Correct. Well, if you think about it this way, a good restaurant runs a thirty percent labor cost. Our, our sales, all our restaurants are at twenty percent of normal right now, so. Just to stay open, we, we lose. That's we, we lose. Like when it gets to the point like where we lose way too much, like uh, like our downtown High Point driving. I mean, it was just doing no sales. So I, I mean, we had, I mean like zero. So we had to you know temporarily close when this is open. We'll, you know that place kills it normally, but downtown is like really slow right now. There's nobody down there. But no, we're not like the grocery store. They, I, I think they might be doing well. You know, so they're, you know, that type of place. Yeah, stay open, stay well. We stay open because we're trying to support our, our employees. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, I mean, but, uh, you know, I'm a guy that uh, is out on the street every day with, with the radio stations. But I have to tell you, the volume is way down at the grocery stores. The last couple of days, I go into, you know, the schnooks, and there's hardly anybody in them anymore. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. It's really tailed off. It's not like it used to be. Now, they're all, they're all camped out at Costco and Sam's because they're buying, you know, truckloads of toilet paper, if you know what I'm saying. But yeah, I don't understand that either. I don't get that. Now, how are you guys doing on toilet paper? How did you do with that? I don't. We have tons. I don't know. <laughs> I think we have a lot here. It's Did weird. You, are you the guys that cornered the market? Or is Sugar Fire the ones that ate up all the toilet paper? No, <laughs> no. But we buy our stuff. We buy all those paper products from a big company. They probably have warehouses of it. You know. Yeah. But that's the first thing I checked. I came in here last week. I was like, I wonder if we have toilet paper. I went in. We have like two boxes. But nobody comes in to use the bathroom anymore anyway, so it's not like we're blowing through it. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, Mike, appreciate your time. Um, interesting talking Buddy. with you. Uh, you gave me some good insights. And uh, by the way, my daughter went to law school, and she decides she wants to be in the barbecue business. <laughs> good for her. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk Go to ahead. you, talk to you Thanks, later, buddy. man. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Interesting guy, huh? He really is. And Sugar Fire is just the best of the best. Yeah, man. I can personally um talk about the wentzville sugar fire oh they do so much because, advertising with i'm us. sorry they do so much advertising with us anyway <laughs> i went there because i love their sugar fire and if you've not had their toasted ravids brisket but um I, I went there, and this is when it all first started, and they were one of the first to jump on the bandwagon, institute the six-foot rule, um, sanitize 
you know, they sanitize before they come out to you. They're wearing gloves. They do the six foot rule. And now I'm sure they're probably wearing masks. But my food was delicious. It was hot. And they actually put it on a chair so I could walk over there and and get it and not violate the six foot rule. It was the whole experience was lovely. Don't you find it interesting that I asked him the St. Louis barbecue question? And he had the same thing. We went to a restaurant in New York, and they were telling it was St. Louis style because that's the weird thing. I mean, when yeah, because, they say St. Louis style ribs. Well, but but to me, St. Louis style, and he talked uh, talk, uh, talked about it is pork steaks because if you go anyplace else in the country, nobody eats pork steaks. It's a, it's a uniquely St. Louis thing. It's like a toasted ravioli kind of deal. It's like it's almost like like thin crust pizza. It's almost like an Emos thing. You know, people go like you know, like I you know I know people from Chicago and they'll go like, "Oh my god, I hate your pizza. It's terrible. It's like eating cracker with 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 uh, with yeah, uh, but uh, you know, ketchup on it." Chicago style pizza is not real thick. Well, but once again, it depends on, on, you know, who you're saying is because of the fact that you could say that like steak and shake is St. Louis style hamburgers. Well, it's not. That came out of that came out of Illinois. You know, I would say that what what he said, and I agree with him that I think that sugar fire is probably saying, you know, sort of setting the pace for what St. Louis style barbecue is. I mean, for example, you yes, they you, are amazing. You used to have super smokers. Super smokers started down in, in Eureka and then they expanded all over the place and then they contracted and uh, the guy sold it. And it's a new guy that owns it down in Eureka. Um, and, uh, you know, people would say that's sort of St. Louis style barbecue. But and, and you know, and there was there. Remember, there was a, a chain years ago here in St. Louis called Memphis Best. Remember that? And, I do. And, and they had, you know, there was Memphis style barbecue. And I'm going, OK, what's the different deal? You know, I mean, come on. And then there's there's a Westplex style radio. You know, what Westplex style radio is. That would be Westplex 1071. That would be a very intelligent woman and a stupid, goofy guy on in the mornings trying to do a morning show. That would be Westplex style radio. It's 746. Westplex 107.1. It is BS in the morning, 753. I am Brad. She is Shelly. And uh, we are suckers for the fact that we love to have you listen to this radio station. And yes. uh, we do appreciate the fact that you listen to us. We and, uh, you know, go through the, the weird times when Shelly goes off on her strange tangents and Brad just tries I to... I do go off re- on strange tangents. <laughs> okay, I have to read this to you. You know, I have my ex-boss, okay, who I still have a lot of respect for, but you, he's... You still are on him, aren't oh, you? Oh, he's just this every day. It's this, you know, Trump is... Should Why be, don't you call him? I've, t- I've talked to him directly, direct message, and he's actually been very nice to me, but he keeps saying... I have to inform the American public about how terrible Trump is and how he's a criminal and how he should be in jail and our country's never going to be the same. Well, it's never going to be the same because of the pandemic, but that had nothing to do with Trump. Something to do with Trump. I mean, he didn't start it. It's not anything that, you know, he liked to say, hey, I want to do, you know, do a virus one day and we're, you're going to love it. Anyway, <laughs> yesterday he tweets out, <laughs> we all want this to end. He wants it to end, even if some folks get sick from hydrochloroquine or whatever it is called. He's talking about Trump. He wants it to end, even if some folks, okay? It's a talking point, suggesting people take something that hasn't been approved as reckless. Trump has been on the record as saying, hey, we need to do this hydrochlorine queen, hydro, hydro, hydroxychlorine queen, whatever the heck it is. Okay. And his thing is suggesting people take something that isn't, that hasn't been approved as reckless. This is my old boss, Joel Denver. So I tweeted back, hmm, taking drugs that are not approved as reckless. 
That hasn't stopped a lot of people who shall remain nameless through the years. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I thought, well, first of all, I thought that they were using um, a Z-Pack for... Well, that was one of the combinations. The, the Rona. They were using the Z-Pack and this hydrochlorocroxine or whatever the heck it is. But you see what I'm saying there? My mm-hmm. boss, shall we say... Uh, maybe in his younger years, um, he did a lot of unapproved drugs. We almost all did. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, you didn't. You I were didn't. the exception to the I rule. Was, but... I was always the, that's, and, and that was, that was the reason why my early career in the radio business, I didn't go very far because of the fact that I wasn't at the boss's house, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, powdering, Being naughty. powdering my nose, so to speak. Uh, let's put it at that. Okay. <sighs> Don't <Wow>. you find <laughs> what, 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 wow. <laughs> Just wow. <laughs> well, it's the truth. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I put myself through college as a police dispatcher. I had a real good job. I liked it. Okay. I would have been fired if, I mean, back then they didn't do drug tests, but you know, the cops knew what, you know, you know, a good cop can look at somebody and look at their mannerisms and say, okay. And they can pretty much tell what drug he's on. You know, I'm telling you, I bet your daughter can do that. I mean, she's been, yeah, she probably can as a paramedic. She's seen her, you know, if she worked the city, she's seen her, her, you know, her share of ODs and things like that. She could probably, you know, roll up on a scene and see the mannerisms and, and, you know, how people are conducting themselves. I mean, most doctors can do that. The people out here are really just as aggressive and weird as the people in the city. Yeah. But, but once again, it's just. Well, like like house like like Kyle with the St. Charles County Ambulance District. Okay, yeah, he's amazing. He's done the the presentations uh, where he's done the uh, the uh, the oxycodone, uh, you know the the you know the the you know the whole the whole deal. Uh, the, he's done the presentations. I mean, his guys they're trained for that. They know when they show up on the scene of someone who is is OD'd with that. Just the same way that you know OD'd with other drugs. They can pretty much you know pretty much tell. It. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I'm not skilled in that. I haven't been taught in that, but I've been in situations. I mean, I'm, I told you, I think I told you this years ago. I'm in a situation where I'm driving someplace. I won't mention where. And uh, there's this car that sort of ran off the road and it's like heading down into a ditch. And I go, what in the world is that? And everybody's just driving by like, eh, no big deal. No, you know, no big deal. And I get out of the, get out of my car and I notice that the driver's door is open and there's a guy sitting in there, you know, older gentleman. And I walk up to him and he's sort of like, you know, he didn't know who he was. And man, I grab my phone, 911, please show up. A paramedic shows up and the woman walks right up to him. And I mean, five seconds later, she says to him, are you a diabetic? Are you having a diabetic seizure? And the guy goes, yeah, I am. I'm going Damn. I mean, you know, how did she know that? It's her training, right? Yes. And she's excellent. She is an excellent critical thinker. Right. You have to be a critical thinker. But it's really funny because you have to think differently as a as an RN as you do a paramedic. I get it because of the fact that what It's a the, completely different mind 
structure. Right, because the paramedics, for the most part, are trying to stabilize people and get them yeah. to the hospital, you know, yeah. and, and then once they get to the hospital, then, you know, the doctors and the nurses uh, do whatever is necessary, life-saving, stuff like that. I mean, it goes back to, I mean, geez, you know, I mean, like, I'm an old guy, you know, I mean, the whole thing, the whole concept of paramedics came out of the Vietnam War. That was the whole deal. You know, I mean, and, and, and if you go, you know, if you go way back, you know, that came out of Vietnam. And you know who sort of started the whole uh, the paramedic EMT t- deal? Uh, the medics in the field? No, no. The TV show. Emergency. You know? Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, because that was, Los Angeles County was one of the first places in the country to employ paramedics and if you ever watch that squad 51 you know that was what they did they weren't an ambulance they were they were firefighter paramedics and what they would do is they would show up on the scene and remember they had the they had the telemetry unit where they would you know they would call rampart and they would say you know we got a male you know 40 years old you know blah 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 blah, and they'd give them the stuff and then the doctors on the other other end would say okay give them you know 10 ringer 10 cc ringers lactate ringers lactate lactate was all the big the big thing all the time yeah it it really was so every time i've been in the hospital i'm like I asked Tiffany, are they going to give me ringers? <laughs> <laughs> well, but 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 those two guys that that were in that I can't remember his name, the two guys, one guy's one guy's Indian, actually Indian Indian, not like, you know, American Indian. Um they ta- they they still do speaking engagements and they talk about all the time that these paramedics and EMTs and firefighters come up to them and say, "I'm doing this because of you." Because, you know, do you, you know what I'm talking about? The original show, you know what I mean? Emergency originally came out as what? Emergency and then later it came out in reruns as what? Squad 51 or something like that. What were those yes. guys' names? We'll talk about that next hour. Uh, okay. but, but that's what got everybody's attention. Because, because and, and, and it was pretty interesting because I remember reading the whole story that the two guys that, that were the two actors in order for them, that they really wanted to make it as real as possible. And they actually went through the Los Angeles County Paramedic School at the time. The, the I LA, bet it was rough because well, it was it was pretty way back when. But they thorough, but, but yeah. they, they never got their certification or whatever. They went through the entire program. So in other words, they knew how to do what they said they do in the show because of the fact that they actually you know it's not like like ER where George Clooney. Do you think he ever like did things he did like nah? He never got his hands messy. You know he never got blood in his hands or anything like that. You know. Real doctors, real doctors. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. Yes, I I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> do you do you do you ever wonder? Do you ever when we get off the air like me? Do you ever, oh, I wonder so many things. Do you ever get off the air and I and I think to myself, what the hell was that we did today? Did we do anything <laughs> important? Did we make anybody smile? Actually, I never do. Did, did we ever I inform anybody? I get off the anybody? air thinking that we've touched somebody's oh, life, man. that somebody has learned something from what we've said or done, and we're making a difference. That's and, how I get off the air every single day. And if you wonder why we call this show BS in the morning, that was it right there. 802. Oh, stop it. Westplex 107.1. Yes, Ellie Golding. 810. It is BS in the morning. I am Brad. She is Shelly. You know, we're talking about this last break about the uh, situation with uh, the, uh, um, we were talking about paramedics and things like that. We were. And we were talking about emergency. Okay. I found this and I thought this was fascinating. In 1970, then Governor Ronald Reagan signed the the Wedworth Townsend Act uh, in in, uh, California, which allowed paramedic programs to be trialed in L.A. County. 
So Ronald Reagan is sort of the godfather, so to speak, of paramedics and EMT. And in September 1971, Senator and Jack Webb signed a contract with NBC to develop the series. This was Emergency. The initial pilot film of Emergency was titled The The Wedsworth Townsend Act and focused on the passage of a similar law uh, that permits paramedics to operate. Matter of fact, uh, talked about how uh, to train for their parts, actors Mantooth and Ty sat in some paramedics classes, although they never actually took any written exams, and they went on to extensive ride-alongs with the L.A. County Fire Department. So, um, And I do remember, kid in North County, they said that the at the time, the L.A. County paramedic system was one of only 12 in the entire country. And you know where another one was? Where? Florissant. Do you remember this? I actually do remember that. Florissant had what they called their LSV, and that was where they had, they had at the time, they had some kind of training for those guys. It wasn't just, because in the old days, you know, why do I know this? Because of the fact that I used to own one. In the old days, in most areas, the funeral homes also operated the ambulance service. And in St. Louis area, up in North County, there was an ambulance. They really did. Yes, it's there was, like Ghostbusters. That was a hearse right. and a Ghostbuster well, machine. But, they, but the, the, a lot of the old, in the small towns especially, the, the, uh, the funeral homes had what they called, they weren't hearses, they were called combinations. And they were set up where they could be a, a hearse and an ambulance. And they typically had one red light and a roof. And they had a siren, and they had uh, what they and they were, the reason they were a combination was they had a a they had what they called a cot hook, which is where the uh, the gurney would lock into in the back of the, uh, the the unit, and then they had the rollers for the uh, for the caskets that would they could take out. So in other words, they could use it as a hearse, or could they use it as an ambulance. And in the old days, the goal was you threw them in the back. And you drove like you drove like hell. Maybe put an oxygen mask on them. You drove mm-hmm. like hell to the uh, to the emergency room, and you you know dropped them off the emergency room, and then the doctors and the, and the nurses took over. So man, how things have changed. How things have changed. They really have changed. I mean, how many lives? Look at this. If you go back, and I'm not going to say, wow, look at you know here's the thing. I didn't even know this about President Reagan, or at the time he was governor. Look, you at, know, my daddy was friends with him. Well, look at how many. I used to get Christmas cards from him all the time. I can't, yeah, we did too. I can't. No, he was really his friend. Oh, like before he became president, well, when he you, was an actor. Do you know? He what? was my stepdaddy's friend. Do you know what? I know lots. Of, I, lo- I know lots of important people. Okay. I know Mike Elam. I know Mike Elam too. He's an important I'm guy. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> anyway, going back to this thing. Um, anyway, so Reagan is essentially, for all intents and purposes, sort of the father of the modern. Uh, EMT paramedic movement. Can you believe that? I mean, and you know what? What's interesting about that is, is that you know what? What's the old stupid saying? Uh, those who uh, don't learn from history are bound to repeat it. I mean, I bet you any money. I've never heard that, but that makes a lot of sense. Well, it's one of those things that that you know you look back in history and you can learn so much. You can learn so much from like, okay, you know, this happened, and what do we do? It's just like, man, I have to say something, and I'm going to get in trouble for this. You know. <laughs> This deal okay. with this Captain Crozier guy, you know, the guy that got thrown off of uh, Teddy Roosevelt. You know, he's the one that yeah, wrote the letter. Yep, yep. He's got the corona. Yeah, but did you hear what the this that Modley guy, the acting secretary of the Navy, did yesterday? What did he do? He got on the, you know, I guess it was some kind of a phone patch or something like that. And he addressed the, um, the uh, a crew of the Teddy Roosevelt, you know, through the PA system, in other words, wherever he was in D.C., 
They hooked him up, and the ship is docked in Guam right now, the aircraft carrier, Teddy Roosevelt. And he got on the PA system and gave, like, a speech to the sailors, and he called Captain Crozier stupid and naive. I'm speechless. Uh, and now that's the backlash on that is to the point where there are a lot of people going like, okay, hold on a minute. He made a mistake. A lot of people view him as a true patriot yeah, but, and a hero. But, but if you talk to military, you, if you if you talk to your, your son-in-law, anybody who's been through the military, the thing that is, you know, like my dad. My dad was in the Army for 40 years. He always talked about chain of command. That, you know, that if you, you know, that, that if you did not necessarily agree with you know what was happening with your superior officer that you respect the position well but you you could you could go to a a person higher than him but you put yourself at risk it's called a triad well you put yourself at risk to the point where if you're going above your superior officer you go to hit you know your boss's boss so to speak you know but yet uh the problem in this one was is that i can see where where the military is upset with him because he essentially did this and did it in a way that he was sort of hoping the press would get a hold of it you know what i mean and that's the point where it's like eh, you don't want that you know and and i'm gonna say something else okay and maybe this is totally inappropriate but <laughs> no no seriously I'm I'm, I'm I'm being serious no i make i'm making a serious comment and this is in all sincerity when i say this okay if we really had some adversaries who are out to get us they would strike right now that's true but they're too busy keeping their country up. Well, not necessarily. This is not, you know, in other countries, they, Russia doesn't have near the problem that we have. Uh, you know, North Korea doesn't have our problem. At least they claim they don't have any problem because nobody travels outside of North Korea. You know, there's no airlines. Well, there are, but they've all shut down. But the idea being is that when do you strike when someone is, you know, if you are like, you know, military person, when do you go after him, you try to uh, attack when the, your, your, your enemy when is at their weakest. Down. Right. And problems, you know, uh, you know, with that kind of a thing. Uh, so, you know, anyway, the, uh, the now there are people in Congress who are trying to get this guy. He's the acting, uh, what, Secretary of the Navy, Modley. Uh, they're trying to get him to uh, be fired, resign the whole bit. And even it's to the point where on, if you read the morning's, press it's both on cnn and as well as fox uh they're talking about that trump may get involved in this so that's going to be interesting you know so he's going to get involved in the controversy from the man the captain saying or no the um the medical officer saying rude things about the captain of the navy wasn't no it wasn't the the medical officer it was the it was the the the, the head the guy who's the acting chief of the navy modeling got it yes got right it. right here yeah that was okay probably here's unprofessional here's, and here's he probably should have thought twice before he made that statement here's the here's the headline navy aircraft carrier ousting takes new turn prompting president hint at getting involved and the story starts off as da, 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 President how does it work? President Trump on Monday said at a press conference that he might get involved in the public crisis playing out in the Navy after an aircraft carrier commander was ousted after raising an alarm about a coronavirus outbreak on the ship in a leaked letter. Acting Never, uh, Navy Secretary Thomas Modley appeared to worsen the situation when he gave a surprise speech to the sailors of the USS Theodore Roosevelt and called ousted Captain Brett Kosier too naive or too stupid to be a commanding officer of a ship like this. 
Not the kind of things you go on the Absolutely uh, not. PA system of a aircraft carrier and diss the former captain, especially when the guy was very, very, very much uh, roundly supported and obviously exactly. loved by his crew. So I think that's probably a little bit demoralizing to the crew. But, you know. You think so? Well, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, you know, one of those things. I mean, I mean I'm telling you. Um, you know, I, I, a good friend of mine, um, when I was a, a young lad who sort of took me under his wing and taught me a lot about ham radio and stuff like that, uh, was a um, communications officer in one of the aircraft carriers. And I was like, at the time, 12, 13, 14 years old. And uh, man, he told me some stories <laughs> because he was like high up the food chain. He had the, you know, top security clearance. Uh, he wasn't an officer, but he was way up the food chain as far as an enlisted uh, man. And uh, he was like, uh, he was in the communications room and he had all these, uh, you know, he had uh, top secret clearance because he would see, uh, you know, all the, the special stuff because he was the guy that was there as their communications officer. You know, back in the day, everything was sent, you know, via teletype. And believe it or not, they were still using Morse code. You know, that shows how old I am. And uh, he was privy to all sorts of stuff. And, man, he told me some things. And I was a young kid. And at the time, he, I still remember he would talk about there was the communication system uh, that, uh, that between him and the captain. And there was a special intercom between him and the captain. And they called it the, I don't think I can use the word, but they called it, the witch box, but with the capital B, if you know what I'm saying. And, oh, yeah, I know. They, <laughs> they did that in the FA. Right. Mm-hmm. And the captain would get on the witch box and complain to him about problems, and he was supposed to fix them. So that was the interesting thing. And at the time, I hope that they're not exper- they, they did not experience the issues with um, private messaging being available at the end of the call, like well, Zoom is. Well, you know, the the thing that, that, that sort of gets me is is that I watch, um, you know, a lot of stuff like on TikTok and things like that, and there's a bunch of military stuff on there. I'm thinking to myself, man, is, is the Department of Defense approving that these guys are shooting video on the aircraft carriers and putting that out on social media? I mean, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and, you know, for a while there, there was a deal where some of the some of the fitness apps where you'd have like the, you know, the, you know, what is it? The, the, what's the, the, the like my son used to work on that when he was with Garmin. I can't remember their particular, uh, what the Fitbits. He didn't, that wasn't a Garmin thing, but I can't remember the name of the ones that Garmin was. And, and they would track those. And and the they would know where all the uh, all the uh, you know the American Army uh, guys were because of the fact that you could see when if they would put their Fitbit on on public you know what I'm talking about where you can sh- uh, sh- yes uh, share your your statistics and things like that and they would be able to tell you know where all the uh, officers and all the enlisted men were uh, all over the world because they would be you know track them by their Fitbit I'm going that's not good you know. Cell phones the same way. 821. Westplex 107.1, new rules. And that's what we're experiencing whoop, every single day with what's going on with uh, the uh, whole deal, with the uh, C-19 deal. Every single day, the rules change, don't they, Shelley? Every single day. Actually, every, hour by hour. Yeah, it it's crazy, crazy. Uh, recapping what happened yesterday afternoon. This is still on Westplex.news if you want to take a look at this. Um, over 35 um, um, uh, patients and staff have tested positive for the uh, virus at the uh, Pioneer Health. Uh, isn't that what it is, Pioneer? 
Frontier. Frontier. Frontier uh, Health and Rehabilitation Center on West, uh, West uh, well, actually, it's, it's on West Clay, east of Zumble there in St. Charles. And uh, uh, quite a few of the uh, staff and uh, patients at the Centerpoint Hospital down there in Weldon Spring at 94 and O'Fallon Road have tested positive as well, too. So not a good situation as far as uh, St. Charles County is concerned. And around the area, um, still not the best. But you know what? We talked about this last hour. Still not the worst because you still see some of these uh, makeshift hospitals they're putting together like on the floor of the uh, Javits Center, uh, the convention center in New York City. Still not hardly anybody there. They still talked about the two uh, uh, Navy uh, hospital ships, the one that's now anchored in Los Angeles and also the one in New York City. Very few people on there, although they've changed. I don't know if you saw that. They changed the deal. They were going to try to use the one in New York City as an overflow for non-C19 patients. And now they're essentially saying they're going to open it up to everybody. There's only like 20 people on that hospital ship. Have you ever seen a video uh, of, of the inside of those hospital ships? No, I have not. Holy cow. I mean, talk about talk about sophisticated and talk about a hospital, literally a floating hospital. I think there's 10 operating theaters and just an amazing, amazing vessel. You know, all the stuff that's on there and all the know-how and stuff like that. Just amazing stuff. I'm always amazed at, at the ingenuity of, 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 you know, of various people that can build things like that, like a hospital that floats. You know what I'm saying? It's just one yes, of those things. I do. You, it's actually fascinating. Yeah. I mean, you look at that and you go like, whoa. You know, and then the training of the people. And once again, you know, everybody's talking about, yeah, we want to thank the healthcare workers. Yeah, we do. But there's the people behind the scenes, the truck drivers and, you know, the guys working at the uh, distribution centers, uh, you know, the uh, warehouses. Yeah, those are the ones that you really have to worry about because those truck drivers are working, you know, 24-7 trying to keep America running. And a lot of their... It's, comforts it's, have been taken. Well, yeah, we talked about this yesterday. I, I saw yes. some videos on online of some of the truck drivers uh, talking about the fact that they can't get a shower anymore, that a lot of the truck stops have uh, stopped serving food. Some of the truck, st- truck stops won't even let you inside anymore. You know, where do you, know, where do you go to the bathroom? Well, <laughs> I think we've probably all answered that question by now. But, you know, anyway, uh, interesting uh, as far as all the different people. And you know what? And and not only not only that, but, um, you know, every day there are people out there still construction guys still working. It's interesting. Uh, I read some interesting thing about that. It depends on which state you're in. Some of the states, like, for example, in Missouri, they've essentially deemed all construction is essential. So in other words, they haven't shut any construction projects down. They've refocused on some of the projects which are like healthcare and things like that. But in other states, unless you're working on infrastructure, our healthcare, construction stopped. No home building, no uh, commercial, uh, you know, real estate bill or, or, or commercial retail building or anything like that. It's pretty much come to a standstill because the governments in the particular states have said, nope, can't do that unless you're doing infrastructure repair, uh, rehabilitation, or new infrastructure, or if you're doing, um, you know, uh, healthcare stuff, construction has to stop. I'm going like, why is that? You know what I mean? It's not like the guys are in an office like shoulder to shoulder. God, I saw the funniest video yesterday. What is that? Oh, speaking of that, it's this, it's this, it's this sh- video shot, and it's like in a cube farm, and you see all these guys, and it's all guys, and you see all these guys in these cubes, and there's a woman at the very front of the cube farm, and she answers the phone, and she's obviously talking to the boss, 
And she's in a very loud voice saying, oh, hi, Mr. So-and-so. Oh, oh you're not going to be into work today? And as soon as she says that, all every guy in the cubicle stands up and they have their golf bags over their shoulder. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and then and then she says, she says, "Oh, well, but you want everybody to be at the meeting at, at you know at, at you know at the the Zoom meeting at eleven o'clock." And they all sit back down and put their golf bags down. And and then she says something about like, "But you don't care where they're at." And she they pick up their golf clubs. You know, I mean, it was it was really there's like. In, in this in this video, there's like dozens of people in this scene, and it was like, man, how do they choreograph that? You know, to the point where I mean, it, at the exact same time, all these guys stand up and they all have their golf bags over their shoulders. It was pretty good, but you know how that is when the boss is away. It's hilarious. The mice will play. Uh, it is eight thirty-seven. Yeah, I'm taking the day off in case. Don't tell my boss though. Hold it, you're talking now. I got to restart because of the fact that you were talking. And, I'm always talking, honey. Well, I got to stop. Hold on a minute. You messed up. Hold on. Oh my goodness! Cut me off like you always well, do. Well, I can't. I didn't. I didn't have. I wasn't. I was not in a <laughs> position where I could physically do it. Otherwise, I would have. Um, and I started the commercial, but I didn't. Anyway, it's a long story. Okay, now. Blah blah blah. Don't say anything after I say the time. It's eight thirty-seven. Westplex one hundred seven point one. I get so tired of women saying that to me. It just drives me crazy. What? That you're so pretty? No, sit still and look pretty. You know, I mean, I'm just like, okay, do you mean I just got to sit here and sort of just, you know, fluff my hair up and, you know. Toss your hair and check your nails. Be in my Don Johnson, uh, you know, Armani suits uh, with, uh, you know, no socks. No and, socks. And my, uh, my white, uh, my white uh, super uh, expensive shoes. Uh, you know, what's, what's, what's a real expensive man's shoe? You would know that. Come on. What if, what's, a, what's a real expensive man's shoe? Uh, a brand. What was the one that that O.J. Simpson wore? That what was it? Something that was a Nike. No, 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 no. The ones in the the ones in the in the trial where they had footprints of the blood and it would, they tracked it down to some very expensive. Oh, I don't know. I didn't pay attention very, very to all that. I think it shoe. was. I think he did it. So well, I. They, well, but like and, shut him and, off. and he claimed he never wore those kind of shoes, and yet there was a picture of him doing an on on a field interview with one of some of the football players, and he had those shoes on. What was that? Hold on a minute. It's gonna Bruno Mali. I think that's what it was. Is that name right? Uh, I mean, OJ OJ Simpson. People are gonna go. Who's OJ Simpson? Isn't that interesting? There's a there's a generation of people that don't know who OJ Simpson is. Bruno Mali. But I think they pronounce it Maui. I don't think you pronounce there's no, the G. There's a G in there. I don't think you pronounce it though. Um, oh, they're they're sporty though. Well, but that was but they're expensive too. Yeah. Yeah, like, for, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. They're they're yeah. yeah. They're three men's, they're almost four hundred dollars. Yeah, men's slip ons, three ninety four. Raging leather slip ons, three ninety five. Oh, here's one. Uh oh, Enzo Scaruti, leather loafer, eleven hundred dollars. Oh, wow. wow, wow, wow. And like uh, O.J. Simpson's uh, shoes by Bruno Mali led to his downfall, $25 million in damages, footwear news. Okay, hold it. Let me read this. This is interesting. He was reading the Lorenzo. Uh, he was no, no, wearing no, no. the Lorenzo model. No, no, okay. Uh, it's been 20 years since the California jury found former football. This is an older article. And not guilty, blah, 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 blah. To this day, people are still talking about all the key factors, like the infamous gloves he tried on in court, uh, to the bloody size 12 Bruno Mali shoe print left behind at the scene. O.J. 
Simpson happened to wear a size 12. Uh, whoever wore the shoes in question chose the Italian shoes brand's Lorenzo model. Uh, da, 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 TV news observers were fascinated with nearly every detail of the trial, even outside the gory crime from the outrageous witnesses. Blah, 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 blah. Come on, get to the heart of the story here. Uh, so in Simpson's deposition, eh, come on, they're just... Goes on and on. on. A civil trial photograph of was found of Simpson wearing the Bruno Mali shoes at a Bills game. That's the one. Ultimately, the court found him liable for the deaths and was ordered to pay twenty five million punitive damages. So that's the one I'm talking about. That he says I never wore a pair of Bruno Mali shoes, and that there's a picture of him at a football game wearing the Bruno Mali shoes. Man, was that an incredible time! And you know what's really crazy? If you go back and watch the old um, the old uh, 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 you know police story movies. You know, like, uh, you know, with uh, Leslie Nielsen, Simpson is like the foil in those. You know what I'm talking about? He's like the goofy dude in there. He is. Yes. He's He's actually the one that runs. He was the tourist man, too. Tourster. Well, but Norberg, that was his name. I think they called him Norberg in the police squad. The police squad. Yes. Yes, he did. The the classic one was where he's in the hospital. (laughs) Did you ever see that one? (laughs) He's a God. That's a great scene. I can't remember which one that's in. He's in the hospital and he's all bandaged up and and he's oh you'd have to watch the scene it's pretty funny you know. who's all bandaged up leslie nielsen no, or oj simpson he gets injured i can't remember he gets injured somehow they were on like a stakeout or something like that and he gets injured he gets almost killed and and he, he's in the hospital and his and oj simpson norberg's wife shows up and and leslie nielsen starts talking about well you know here's the problem he's got he's got this and everything that he says at the time you know, O.J. Simpson is feeling that, you know, he's talking about like, well, you know, it's going to be a slow, painful death because first off, what's going to happen is this is going to happen and then that's going to happen. And then somehow physically he gets bounced out of the bed. I can't remember the whole scene. God, those movies are funny, you know, <laughs> and if you ever watch the airplane movies or the original airplane with uh, with Leslie Nielsen and that's that, that cast. Oh, my God. There's one scene. And, you know, this is like it's funny because. The people of today, like the kids, if my kids watch this today, and you know, my youngest son's like 25, 26 now, I don't think he'd get a lot of the stuff in there because there's this one scene where Robert's... I think he would. Oh, no, and no, the no. only reason for that no. is because he listens to... He's an old soul. No, because he wouldn't get the airport scene where where Robert Stack, the captain, was walking through the airport and he's attacking... All these people that used to panhandle at the airport. Remember, like the the moon people and the and the people had the shaved heads. Remember, they were always in the airport trying to talk to you about you know finding God and stuff. Like, you know what I'm talking about? All the crazy people that used to hang out at the airport that like would would and see they pretty much. And got, I just forgot what they're called. Well, there were a bunch. There were all sorts of different Harry groups Krishna. Of them. Yeah, the Harry Krishna people. There were all sorts of different ones. And oh, and I didn't and that. that was back in the day when you didn't have to go through the metal detectors and you could walk all the way down. Remember that? When you could walk down to the gate, like let's say if, if someone yes, that you, you that. were like, you know, you know, sending, you know, sending off one of your family members or something like that. Or with me, like business, I had people that would fly in and out of town and I would literally walk down the concourse and wait for them at where they're, you know, where they're, where they're, where they're playing, you know, where they got off the, 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 what do you call it? The skywalk or what is that? You know, what's that thing? You know what I'm talking about? What's it called? The terminal? No, the thing that, that, that attaches to the plane when you, when you, uh, you know, when you get off the sky jack or what, what is it that, 
The you know it's, oh okay the the walkway yeah but it, there's a term for it I can't remember what it is by the way yeah I just go by the walkway by, by the way there's an English show and it was recently done and I'm going like okay the English people you know the English government must have a different you know view of this uh, than the Americans do because it's this series that was done in England and it's about this particular airline and it follows a bunch of the students who learn how to fly and then they ultimately, you know, become, you know, first officers and then they move up through the ranks and the whole bit and has a lot of women in it. Not nothing wrong about with that, but it's sort of interesting because they have a lot of women pilots in this. And this was done in the last couple of years. And the cockpits, the cockpit doors, at least in the, the planes in England, are not secured. You can just walk in and out of the cockpit. And there's scenes where the pi- I remember that. Well, but no, this is recently though. I mean, this is like within, recently. Oh, yeah, that they the, can walk out of the into the cockpit. This is a relatively new series. It's it was it was on English oh, TV. Oh, okay, it's a it's a TV thing. I missed that. But but it's in it's in England, and apparently they may not, must not have the same rules and regulations that we have now since 9/11 because they show you know this is like a documentary. There's like five or six different you know. It's almost like a Tiger King kind of deal. There's like five or six different different episodes of it. They're each, each about 40 minutes long. And the captains walk back and forth. You know, and sometimes the captains actually go out in the plane and grab the microphone from the from the 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 uh, flight attendants and stand in front of the plane and talk to the passengers. I'm going like, "Man, I've never seen that happen on any flight I've ever been on, you know, and there's a couple instances where there are medical emergencies. This is like a documentary. There are medical emergencies where the captain gets out of the cockpit and walks back to the plane and is working with some of these these uh, people who are having like medical emergencies and the door to the cockpit's open. I'm going like, I don't know about this, you know. I mean, I guess maybe they don't have the same restrictions we have in the United States because, you know, after 9-11, man, they made all the cockpits to the point where it's like Fort Knox. You know, once the yeah, they gets, did. They gets, really did. Gets in there. You know, he's locked in there. Him and the first officer, you can't get in and he can't get no. out unless they, you know, because remember, there was that plane that 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 crashed that the guy, the guy committed suicide. He was the co-pilot. And remember that it was several years ago where the pilot got, you know, went out of the the the, you know, the cockpit and then the co-pilot locked him out and flew the plane into a into a mountain and killed everybody remember that one i don't jetway that's what it is the smartest woman in the world the jetway yes why couldn't i think of that the jetway the thing that goes and either the other interesting thing was in the airports in england at least the ones they keep showing the people they don't have jetways they have the stairs that people walk up and down yeah no i don't do the stairs well but but Mm -hmm. i'm going like i'm going i do the escalators no, 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 I'm walking not, no, walkway? no, 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 I'm talking the way they get on the planes. They don't have the oh, jetways. Oh, I've done that one time, and that was because it was on the tarmac. Yeah, but that's the way they show it in England is that they, they you know, they, they have the little truck that has the, the, you know, the stairs on it, and it drives up to the side of the plane, and the people come down, and they walk across the tarmac into the, into the, into the uh, terminals. I'm going, man, things are a lot different in England. I'll have to look this up. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Hey, we're done. That's for short, that's for smaller planes. No, 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 no. These were this was these were big planes. I mean, these were they were flying all Airbus, three twenties, three forties, things like that. These were not small planes. These were not like you know like the the puddle jumper uh, commuter planes. These were full size planes, and these were at these these were at major airports in England, like Manchester and places like. Yeah, this was I've, not I've like, only walked so, across the tarmac for a uh, 
a, a commuter plane. Yeah. Okay. That's done for us. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. 858, everybody. Have a great day. Peace.